Hey, Download Listener Supervising Producer Andrew Curlin here. Are supply chain issues still disrupting operations? Well, let me tell you, Graybar has you covered. They are the leader in distribution of electrical, communications, data networking, and industrial products. Professionals across the country rely on Graybar's nationwide logistics network to get them what they need, when and where they need it, and within budget. That's right, and they're operating with one clear mission, to serve as the vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. Let me tell you, here's what makes them different, is you know being able to effectively navigate supply chains to get products on site and on time is so crucial these days, and Graybar's nationwide logistics network is a game changer in keeping projects on task. So when you need a hand powering, connecting, or maintaining your operations, join thousands of professionals who rely on Graybar to help keep them up and running. Check out Graybar. Visit graybar.com to start an order today. Hey everyone, Dirty Mo Media President Mike Davis here, excited to tell you about one of our newest sponsors at Dirty Mo, Airbnb. The irony here is that Airbnb is new to Dirty Mo Media, but Dirty Mo Media is not new to Airbnb. It has been accommodating us for years. And if you are a race fan, and I think you are, you know why. I mean, you've booked hotels at, uh, during a race weekend. They're, the prices are insane. You're stuck with these unreasonable multi-night minimums. Whereas Airbnb, you got many choices, all within proximity, and it ends up being way more affordable. Now, I'm not only a frequent Airbnb guest, but my wife and I are also Airbnb hosts. And you should be too. We've been doing it for years. I'll tell you why. We have an investment property that we realized it could be earning additional income through Airbnb. You don't have to have an investment property to do that. You could just find extra space in your home. That works too. It all could be making you some extra cash. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. I am weird, dude. You are weird. <laughs> Mr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. <laughs> that family picnic sometimes <laughs> gives you more than just a potato salad. That's the voice of my co-host and one of my best friends in the whole wide world, Mike Davis. We're screwed. What does that mean? No, we're not standing in that box together in our underwear. <laughs> Are you kidding me, Mike? Oh my God, that is hilarious. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. Welcome back to another episode of the Dale Jr. Download in the Bojangles studio with my co-host Mike Davis. How's it going, Mike? Wonderful. How are you doing? I'm all right, man. Um, just, uh, yeah, just checking in this week, coming off of Texas, and um, gl- great to get back to this table and see these uh, Lionel late model stock diecast here, you know. That was fun last For week. the rest of time. That's they're, right. They're here for the rest of time. Looking forward to getting the uh, Sundrop one when that happens. I'm sorry. I'm never satisfied. I am thankful and grateful for what we have. Okay, you sound like my yeah. daughter. I've been trying to tell her to be more grateful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you got the message too. Yeah. They, they do look sharp. Yeah. So we had the, um, you know, we had the Bristol Xfinity race. Not sure if we talked about this on the last show, but when the race was over with, they said uh, Amy sent me a note because she went to take the girls to, to sleep. Um, put them down and um, so the race ends and they're like hey man when you see Isla you know don't tell her about the fire and all these stuff you know don't just tone it down tamper it down a little bit <laughs> I was like yeah no problem man why and they're like well she got real upset and so I saw Amy 
and I was like, was I I'll really bothered by the the fire or me, you know, you know, or just me, you know, me coming to a stop and getting out, all of that kind of hustle and bustle. Because the fire looked, man, okay, it's a, it's a small little fire, but you know, nonetheless, it wasn't a big deal. Um, could have been, but it didn't end up being that big of a deal. And uh, Amy's like, no, not really. She was just mad you didn't win. Mm. I was like, oh. I was like, all right. So I know what that is. So um, you know how you you have these things when you're a dad or you're a parent and they do something exactly the same or something exactly like you did? Yeah, I know exactly. So yep. I was sitting on top of a a van they used to we used to all the we didn't have buses the teams didn't have buses back in the 80s and we would all of the drivers drove around these um custom vans it was a 15 passenger van and it had like this electric uh it had like a chair a a bench in the back that would uh, go down to a bed these nice curtains had these like little removable tables kind of like on a pontoon boat in the middle swivel chairs captain's chairs you know oh man these Sounds things nice. were these things were nice yeah a lot of wood and all kinds of, i mean just they called them the brand that made them was called comfort coach all the drivers had them and so those were what was populating the infields all these racetracks back in the 80s we were sitting on top of ours in the night during the 1984 night race dad's in a tight battle with Terry Labonte for the championship and Terry's like can't screw up car won't break nothing bad happened to Terry he's running he's winning a race here and there but he's running third fourth fifth every freaking week and dad'll run good and then have a problem run good have problems he's he's kind of hanging in there but I'm just now getting old enough to pay it you know figure this stuff out mm-hmm. I'm just now starting to get really invested in this right so dad's leading the night race at Bristol um, I believe he was leading at the time, and I'm sitting on this 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 uh, van, and I can kind of you know can't see real good, but I can see cars going around the racetrack. I remember all that, just having a blast. I, I feel like it was past halfway, getting down to crunch time. Anyways, Dad, I I look over to front straightaway, and I'm Dad's spinning around, just spinning around down, comes to a stop. And I'm like, crap, he was running up front, if not leading the race. And now there he is sitting sideways on the front straightaway. Nobody hits him, doesn't hit anything. I'm like, get going, get going. And he's stuck, got flat tires. Dang leaders come by and lap him. He's stuck there. They're freak, you know, team's freaking out, trying to figure out how to get his car moving. He goes another lap down. And I'm like, golly. I start crying. So I'm 10. I'm sitting there. Well, I'm not even 10 yet. Probably nine. And so, uh, man, I just started crying. You know, I was just a 10-year-old kid or whatever and just thought it was just like watching my favorite team lose, right? I was just starting to really get invested in what was going on. And so told I of that story. But I thought I felt awful that I'd brought her to the race, and she's loving it. She's first time she's really truly engaged and kind of sent first time she really sort of got that i was in the car going around that she was watching before she couldn't put that together right she thought you know watching the race and amy's like dad's out there racing she's like okay he's he he's gonna come in here any minute right like like i'm couldn't put it together 
that was a, a interesting moment as a parent uh, that Isla kind of had a similar experience. Mm-hmm. Almost, you know what? Let's see. I know. I know. Well, let me react to that for a second. I know that that's uh, that forty could be. years almost. 30, oh, is it forty years? Nine years. Yeah. If you take away the fact that you don't want your daughter crying, that is pretty cool that she actually is now bitten by the same bug that we've all been bitten by, right? Like when you get hooked, yeah. and now like now you, it's all coming together, and it's connected. Mm-hmm. For the first time, I mean, like, listen, she's been at your Hall of Fame ceremony. She's been at all these things. Mm-hmm. Richmond, when you did Richmond. Darlington, when you did Darlington. Knowing good and well that it, none of this makes sense to her, this is the one where it starts yeah. to make sense. Yeah. And, and she's starting to understand who you are. I, listen, I, I think it's cool. Um, we've all been there. The funny thing about it is, <laughs> um, that same emotion you would have experienced at nine or eight or whatever, however old you were, man, then you go through this, these decades of reality where these things, you just know it's part of it. But then I don't know about you, but as I get older now, I'm starting to get back emotional again <laughs> about things that I have no business being emotional about. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 I, I don't, you know, there are no real way to button that story up. I just thought it was and well, I will say when I saw the post on social media, I really didn't, didn't love it because it was uh, I don't remember how it was uh, positioned or whatever, but it, uh, the way the post the way the post was framed made me feel like it opened us up to some mockery. Um, oh, really? I don't know. You know, you, I cry. You're overthinking so, that. Yeah, I am. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> You know, I don't want to. I, I you get careful about sharing things about your sure. kids, right? And I feel like I put her in the put her in the crosshairs a little bit. But. Well, listen, I mean, that's the thing. When you go into those post race press conferences and stuff, you just uh, you're an open book. We I all know, know that. I and, know, and, and I I don't want to do anything that they're gonna <clears throat> they're gonna wish I hadn't done. But I thought that was interesting. That took that kind of struck me. I had a question for you, Mike. Okay. Um, there's something that uh, crops up every once in a while in this in this sport of ours that um, is interesting to me. Um, the milestones, the starts. Guess who's you know got one one hundred starts this week? Two hundred starts. I yeah. don't freaking know. Yeah, two hundred, two hundred, three hundred. Right. So how many uh, starts did Richard Petty have? Somebody look that up back there. Figure it out. Um, give me some. Give me some of the greats. Right, Richard Petty. Okay. Uh, let's pick any Dale Jarrett. Just give me some of the top. Look at the list. Most starts in NASCAR. Find that list. Give us some numbers in even in the you know tenth, fifteenth, whatever. I wonder how excited people are about that, or whether they think it's a lot or not a lot, or they think why? Why are you documenting that? Bobby Allison, 718, 17th all-time. 17th all-time at 700 starts. So 700 is a good number. Richard Petty, 1,184. Okay, all right. So so when you guys see somebody sharing, and I'm going to – this is going to come back and bite me in the ass. I know (laughs) it. Well, you called it at least. (laughs) These these fun little snarky uh, um, social media – uh, guys that run these teams accounts they're amazing i love them all and there's some really really good ones um in our sport rfk uh is really good their social media is great ours is good i mean our, there's a lot of great teams out there 
they're going to get me on this one. They're going to have fun with I this. I thought one. this was going to a Racing Insight stat. So at least Russell's, no. uh, Russell's, Russell's safe. safe today. Good. <laughs> when you guys see like 300 starts for X driver, now that you know, like, you know, 700 gets you barely in the top 20, you know, do you get excited about that? Mm. Share, you know, is that something that we, um, because yeah. that just started that really never i mean of course social media didn't exist either but nobody would you know we didn't go to the racetrack back in the 90s and go dude it's freaking uh freaking dale jarrett's 300 start yeah you f- believe that <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot does nothing for me honestly. no right it does, it does nothing. Nothing. I, nothing i i have a take on this <clears throat> i i do have a perspective yeah. on this okay as someone See, before before I worked for you, I was a publicist or a PR yes. rep for another driver, and it was Jimmy Spencer. Mm-hmm. We had to work a lot harder to come up with storylines and headlines for Jimmy Spencer uh, than I did when I was writing pre-race reports for you. And I will say that the notes packages for Jimmy Spencer had to sometimes get very creative. We didn't have a lot of wins. We didn't have any wins. Um, but but So you, you're looking for – any nugget to put into a report and say, hey, everybody, this is news. Report about us. Report. You got you to gotta write the stories. And, man, sometimes I just make stuff up for Jimmy. I would. He drove last week's race without any power steering. He's a hero. And I would just make it up. But the fact of the matter is, is that, yeah, it was fake That's news. That's pretty messed up, <laughs> Fake man. news. Damn. Right. Wait, Anything. that's not. He, we, 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 he, he was driving with his knees. Oh, my God. I don't think you guys are going to let him just get away with that, are you? I, don't know. I mean, listen, if I I'm admit just gonna, it, I, I mean, I, I brought it to the Let's sit on that. Let's sit on that. I just can't trust yeah. anything so, so my point is, is that if you come let's up on a on, milestone. Let's just sit on that for a minute. <laughs> okay, if you'd like to. I, I'm happy to talk about it. I yeah. even, you know. Uh, How do we know when you're telling the truth? Yeah, yeah. You don't. <laughs> not, not back in 2003. <laughs> 2003. What are you embellishing now? What am I? No, I'm just nothing but a big old honest bunch of honesty right here. (laughs) Big old, big old glob of honesty now. But I didn't have to work for it. Oh, dude, that that. that, When I think about Dick Bergren, you know the PR reps. You know you during a race, Mike in a corner, man. You never know what's going to come out of his mouth during a race. You're you're writing things on a note on a notepad. The chips are down on Mike. He gets a little shady. Shady? Yeah. Back against the wall. Lies start coming. Shady as if I shady as if I didn't admit it. Right. Well, this is twenty years later. Right. I mean, is there a statute of limitations on writing bullcrap notes? <laughs> 20 years, yeah. Yeah, 20 years. I, I, I feel I'm good. Yeah. Um, but uh, back to the, the look. You come up with anything that I you possibly get on a, you got to yeah. do it, you know, okay. 36, 38 weeks a year, 37, because we didn't really yeah. make the 36 because yeah. we didn't make the all star race with them. Yeah. I, I feel like that announcing, like that, you know, 100 start, 200 start, if and when they do get to 700. You know, it's less. It's like, yeah, you, yeah. We to, you told us it was coming. I mean, you, we've heard all these years. Every time he had, it's been on your radar. Yeah, <laughs> it's just I don't know. I don't. I mean, I had to ask you guys what the stat was for a lot of starts, right? So mm-hmm. we now know like seven hundred's a good chunk um, to get you in the top twenty, and so it kind of takes, and maybe it takes some of the impressiveness out of having a lot of starts probably saturates it a bit saturates it yes that's it 
that's probably a good that's a good word for probably it. saturates it a I bit. think that there should be clearly it has for you <laughs> don't, don't hit Dale with any milestone miles. I would say 600 <laughs> when you start really start thinking about it how many people actually even hit 600 though the, the 500 feels is, better again what's six, top 20 okay, well, okay 600 so Tony Stewart's 32nd with 618 all right all right all right James let's Hilton go to, has 602 let's go to 500 500 we're going to 500 500's when you can really kind of Hey everybody! Guess what? You know, guess who has five hundred starts? I don't even know how many starts you had, frankly. Do you? Do you know? You can look it up. Yeah, look it up. Then, then over six hundred. Six thirty-one. There we go. So there I would say six thirty-two is when it starts. Six thirty-two is where it starts. Six hundred thirty-one. That's that's a lot. Of Ooh, Denny yeah. knocked you out the top thirty this year. Daggum. Did he? Yeah. I'm getting down, bumped down the list, man. Getting used to that. I didn't see that note about Denny. That that should have been played up bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Where was Denny's social media on? Oh, man, they missed that opportunity. Purple vest guy. You know, I really haven't. I, I don't think. I think I missed the five hundred and the six hundred start notifications from Denny. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, okay. What about podcast episodes? Are those milestone moments? Because guess what? We got one coming. <laughs> what is it? Five hundred. Okay. Well, right. Where are we? Yeah, we're at four ninety three right, right now. now. I guess if that feels like a lot to you guys, it feels like we've done 5,000. It That'd does. Be a milestone right <laughs> it, it definitely fits. Like, yeah, you say it's episode 500 and we're like unimpressed. We're like, wait, right. it feels yeah. like way more, right? All right, let's just go around the room. Okay. When are you posting on social media the number of starts you have in the Cup Series? Mike, go first. Uh, I'm going to lower it from 500. I'm going to say. Uh, 250 i'll split it really yeah, 250 yes it's easy yeah. to get to man. Let, let me tell you why is it yes is it well we run so again, many races i'm not basing <clears throat> it i'm not basing it off of how difficult it is i'm just saying that a milestone just like an anniversary right. <clears throat> you know that at some point there's about a nice seven round years number in the cup series so yes that's about seven years seven in the cup years series. right I, that's not i mean that's I, a that's a that's a mid career seven years that's like middle of the road I think that there's more people, I'm, I may live to regret this comment, but I think there's more people that will make, in this current field, that will be in the Hall of Fame than that make 700. I guess what I've already, I've got it, I've got it well. Or seven years of being a full-time I've got it. That's what I meant They start younger, too. Which I've got helps. it imprinted in my mind, like, the average cup year is 20 years. So you're saying that less. That seems high to me. It ain't. It's not. I ran for 20 years. No, no. You're on the extreme side. You're he on the just high said, side. No. He just said guys are starting younger. I started middle mid-20s. Um, You know, guys are getting in the Cup Series at 20, 21 years old, 22 years old. But I don't think <clears> they last <throat> as long. That's what everybody says. They all last because they all love that money. They ain't going nowhere. I don't think it's their decision. What? No, of course, if they had it, if it Wait, was their call, guys they would can't make it. it beyond 38, 37 I, years old. I think that the way the competitiveness, you talk about it all the time, the field is as competitive as it ever is. And so if you Who's? go, it, hold up, if you go two or three seasons without being competitive, you're replaced. By who? Well, Michael McDowell is a great example. By the of next like, he's been in the Cup Series for, I think, 10, 12 years. I don't know yeah, any that, drivers that are getting phased out at 35, 37 years old that have had, you know, at, at year. 12 14 years i mean that were 
reasonably decent, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, James guys has been in the list before for 20 years almost. These guys are hanging around at the 240 at least. 43 is kind of the year. 40, where age 40, 43 is where it kind of either it might go a couple more years, but it, or it's dead stop um, in terms of performance. But so let's just say, all right, I was going to say 15 to 20 years is kind of the ballpark of a career of a reasonable you know, guy that's even going to be sharing this kind of stuff on social media. So you're saying l- less than half, you know, seven years is worth saying, hey, I've been around for. It's an uneducated <clears throat> guess. I don't have analytics to back it up. I'm just saying that the the more competitive the field gets, I just don't know what the life, the average lifespan, not you yeah. and not Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon and Tony Stewart, but the average competitor. And I'm trying to think of a good example in the current series. Like right now, you can um, the career. How, how many starts does Alex Bowman currently have? Like, I'm like somebody like that. I guess it's like, or like Ricky Stenhouse. You know, Alex Bowman's actually been doing it way longer than what I even feel like because uh, he was doing those Tommy Baldwin. I just, and, I just feel like this is a, this announcement is kind of like a a twilight announcement. It's not a it's not something you announce before you know only you know only forty percent into your career. Well, like the one-liners, they can be announced or provided for people, but you don't have to take it, <laughs> right? You don't. It's not. It's not for everyone. Bowman has two hundred seventy starts. Wow. See, that's. And how long has he been doing it? I mean, he's been actually doing it for a while, right? I mean, what twenty sixteen? Two seventy? Maybe twenty fifteen? You got to kick ten years. Oh, he did run for BK before. That's that too, my so point. He was years. actually even before Junior Motorsports. He had been. He'd already had Cup starts. Yeah, over. they were sporadic though. He didn't have full seasons here and there. I think that's my point. I mean, like that. That all. That all. I'm starting getting my your point. point. Well, my point is, is that I don't think that you know once you make it to Cup, you're guaranteed, or you're just like, okay, well, this is going to be a ten year run uh, of just consistent rides and all that thing. I do think that you know. It's harder than what you're making it out to be to to reach those numbers of races. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Five hundred starts is just under fourteen years in the Cup Series. If you re, if you run yeah. all the races, that's a pretty. I think that's a pretty good number. That's to start damn sure worth celebrating. Yeah. Say it again, Alex. It's I'm sorry. Just under fourteen years in the Cup Series. When you that's fair. Starts. Yeah. When you make that sort of announcement, man, you want people to go, well done. Yeah. Well done. Good job. Yeah. Or you know some sort of reaction. Two fifty. I'm gonna go. Okay. Appreciate you letting me know. I really didn't need that information today, but now it's in my head. It would be interesting to know what the average <laughs> uh, race is, like for, for all yeah. the time, and especially looking at, and I'm sure Russell, the professor, has this maybe, um, and it, he'd probably go look for it, but like how, what the average number of races a cup driver ends up doing in yeah. their career. It would be interesting to know that. Yes. Dalton, you got an opinion? Uh, I think as a driver, I think I would celebrate my 100 start, yep. and then I wouldn't do anything else until 500. Oh, yeah. I like that. So, like, hey, I finally uh, arrived, or I'm, I feel like I've established. That's right. That's what milestones is that, yeah. <clears throat> and not only I made it, but I, but I hung around a while. Yeah. By the way, we should probably say, I don't know if that picked up in the mic, no. but Dalton's idea was he would celebrate as a driver 100 and then not again until 500. That's what That's he said. That's kind of neat. I like that. Yeah. Anyone else want to go? It would be more like seasons for me, like, <laughs> like oh, this is my tenth season gotcha. in the Cup Series, right, right, right. You know, I think and then that's you like could right around like three sixty starts, yeah, and you then could, you start. You could put the starts in a parentheses, sort yeah. of like, hey, you know, if you like the starts, 
you know, here they are. If you don't, do not look over here. Yeah. But then he thinks up, what do you, what do you kind of see? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, Don't then, look yeah, here. I guess that would be true. <laughs> what what classifies as a season? If you ran two races, or you ran fourteen? Yeah. Now we're getting so into that. Now it's All getting. Right. Now we're getting deep. I I might change my answer then. <laughs> you can oh. have any answer you want. That was that was easy to t- convince yeah. him off that. Right. I'm right. just thinking I'm gonna be a full time driver from day one. Yeah. That's at least how my career. Would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I plan to stay for twenty years. I'm yeah. going after yeah. Petty. Yeah. Is Petty the record? Yeah. He's he by, Petty. by like. Up to over 200, 300. Yeah, right. Yeah. Ricky Rudd's the next one with like 900-something, I think. I think, yeah. I do remember Ricky Rudd, that being news. That was, that was crazy, right? That was but consecutive. That's, that's, yeah, that's that great. Con- yeah, that's crazy. <clears throat> consecutive yeah. starts. Yeah. It seemed like once uh, some of those announcements started happening, then people started piggybacking off of that, going, well, uh, it's such and such as 250th start. Is this guy's 400? Is this guy's 300? This guy's got 100. This guy's got 200. Now it's like throughout the season, they're sort of sprinkled into the social media uh, conversation of NASCAR. We're going to have three or four of those guys, and you might be wowed by one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, <clears throat> as we're talking about Richard Petty, now that we've gone through the becoming Earnhardt 1979 season and now now knowing how many times they got out and got back in I don't know if I was sitting here in front of the king I'd say I know you have that many starts but I don't know there's an asterisk behind that because you got out took took a lot of breaks how many cars did he get in how many cars did he get in right that's yeah yeah. got in a few cars let them have their milestones Dale yeah poor guys I mean what else if you know if you don't have wins man you got to go pull from from some other stuff yeah some, according to NASCAR.com, Richard Petty only made 513 consecutive starts. Exactly. That's that, kind of crazy. He got hurt a few he times. He did. Yeah. He had some injuries. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, how, how many did <clears throat> Dale Earnhardt have? How many starts did Dale Earnhardt have? Can we guess, Mike? Yes. yes let's yes. guess. I'm going to say 850. I'll say 950. It's actually 648. 648. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I had just, just a couple, you know, 10, 10 or so starts shy of dad. Wow, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. see, we're getting wowed by that's 600. consecutive. Man, these milestone yeah. moments. Are, Wait, that was consecutive. We're talking starts. about total. Yeah, total I was talking about consecutive. Dude, Six, Alex, I just mentioned it. <laughs> Six seventy-six is total. Oh, okay, yeah. just not that much more. Yeah. Moving on, we went, I went to New York this past week. You did. Uh, we have a uh, another children's book. Buster gets back on track. Is out now and went to New York. Um. The first thing I did, I will say this too. I will, I will admit this. Um, I do not like planning. I do not like learning that I am going to New York, and I do not want to. <laughs> I do not want to go. That is all right. I, I've checked with the fact checkers, and that is true. Yeah. <laughs> so when there is a New York trip placed on my calendar, I'm I'm grumpy about that. I do not want to go. That is uh, also true, the grumpy yeah. part. <laughs> but go and ahead. So, but to, I will say that I get there and I'm, I have a great time. I really do. And um, every time. Uh, and there's a lot of things in life that I do that about, right? You're mm-hmm. like, man, I don't want to do that. Oh, man, that's here. Oh, that's tomorrow. Grah, I don't want to do that. And then you, you, know, you go, you have a great time. Happens all the time. But went to New York. 
hit the ground and went to where the Giants play, to their practice facility. I did a pod, well, I guess it's a video show, podcast kind of slash thing, uh, with uh, Eli Manning. Yeah. The Eli Manning show. He does this about eight or ten times a year. Funny dude. We've seen him plenty of times, right, over uh, the years in commercials and all kinds of stuff. Um, the Manning cast and all that, and he's hilarious. I had a lot of fun. Rode with him over to a bookstore, walked around, had a little, you know, filmed some stuff in a bookstore with the Buster book, right? Um, that was great. Went and did a couple morning shows the next day, Good Morning America, and um, the Today Show, I believe. Did a couple other things and then came home. But uh, So anyways, uh, had a good time. Not looking forward to the next one. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and there's not a next one at the yeah, moment, but you're already not looking I'm forward to it. I'm already not looking forward That's to it. That's the pessimism I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm like, I'm, I don't like to leave the house. Andrew, I wonder how many New York trips, what milestone he has, uh, if he's up on, I wonder if he's had 20. I bet he's had 20. We need a graphic. We need a social media graphic on that. What goes around comes around, and what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. For the first time ever, Dirty Mo Media is taking its hit podcast to the streets. We'll be live, and we'll be in front of real people. Uncensored, unapologetically authentic, and totally unprepared, so it's business as usual. But here's the catch. We'll be talking about our real lives and racing like we never had before, stories that we never dreamed would be broadcast in front of a live audience. Until now. And the only way to hear these stories is by coming to Dirty Mo Live, Dale Jr. and Friends at the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. It's Friday, October the 13th. Go to dirtymomedia.com slash live or Ticketmaster to join me and Mike Davis from the Dale Jr. Download and Brett Griffin, Freddie Kraft, and TJ Majors from Door Bumper Clear. And we're going to spill the tea on each other. When you have decades-long careers in NASCAR, you have highlights, lowlights, and more stories than you know what to do with. For example, the time me and Mike Davis got in an argument during the race, or the time that TJ Majors went completely radio silent on me while spotting for me during an event. Yeah, we're going to hear those stories and more. So come out to the Westgate Resort and Casino on Friday, October 13th, to see Dirty Mo Live, Dale Jr. and Friends. Get your tickets on Ticketmaster or visit DirtyMoMedia.com live. That's DirtyMoMedia.com live to get your tickets. Or you can find them on Ticketmaster. Come join us on Friday, the 13th, for Dirty Mo Live, Dale Jr. and Friends. Things are bound to get crazy. Well, the the race at Texas, man, this is a this is a conversation we've talked about having, Mike. Looking on Jeff Gluck's good race poll, I think Texas got like 60-40. Texas has been in the news a little bit here the past 24 hours because they apparently are not on the IndyCar schedule going forward. Mm-hmm. That has upset a few people. Um, people are thinking that it might be because uh, some issues with the cup schedule and delays in that coming out. Montreal was rumored to be part of the cup schedule, and now maybe it ain't. And people are thinking that maybe we're going to Iowa for you know for a year instead, and it's made everybody have to shuffle things around. And Texas uh, inadvertently had to change some things about their their plans for having IndyCar there. I don't really know what the truth is for all that. A lot of rumors. But a lot of right. rumors, man. Yeah. But anyways, Texas. So the last couple of races at Texas for me have been good. I've enjoyed them. The Xfinity races and the cup races. 
it wasn't long ago when none of us really were that excited about Texas, didn't know what to do with it. We were even talking about rebuilding it, turning it into a short track. There was a ton of, I think, real conversations. And Marcus Smith, I believe, was even considering, like, I need to do something. Something has to change. I'm going to do something. Don't know what that is. And then we went there and we had a couple of good races. They quit treating the track. The cars are now starting to wear away whatever treatment is still remaining, which is great. Just let them keep on working that out of there and getting all that old PJ1 off the track. Cars are moving up the racetrack using third, the second, third, fourth groove in, in turns one and two and three and four. You know, still got some ways to go and some improvements to make, but the track is actually turning into what you want. It is. The good race pole was sort of split more 50-50 than I expected. A lot of people didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm up in the booth as broadcaster, so I'm watching it a little bit differently, and I'm a little bit preoccupied by some other things going on as opposed to what someone maybe sitting at home is doing and how they're taking the race in. Mike, you watched the race? Yeah. Weren't that uh, blown away by it? It's funny how you mentioned the New York trip, how you already are pessimistic about the next one. Yep. I think I find myself feeling the same way about Texas just because of the, you know, the several years. First of all, I used to love Texas. Yeah. But then after a while when the races started, you know, declining in terms of, uh, you know, competitiveness and all that kind of made it hard to pass. You start start doing different things in one and two. Like – there's a bit of a pessimism or skepticism that I approach Texas. The, to, to the point that you were making to me yesterday, the active race actually had a lot of compelling moments in it. Yeah, it did. And if you just approached it with a little bit more optimism, which I'm talking to myself, yeah. it'd probably be a little bit more evident that the race was actually pretty decent. Yeah. You know, and that Texas did actually deliver some of the com- compelling moments that you look for in a, in, a, in a race. I agree. So I made this in my – I put this in my notes when we were going to Texas. We're writing our notes as NBC broadcasters and uh, what are some of the things that we need to be focused on and some of the things we need to pay attention to. And one of my notes was we need to help people understand that Texas is turning in the right direction. We need to help people – under, we need to point out the when and the why and the what of you know how this track is sort of evolving into a pretty decent little racetrack. The mile and a half product for the next gen has been really good at places like Charlotte and Kansas. Charlotte is awesome. Yeah. So awesome that the Roval is going away. So they say. Um, we could have two oval races back at Charlotte again, which I love that. The thing with with Texas is, is I believe the track is is headed in the right direction, and I think that it's just going to continue to get better. Um, in my mind, better is cars moving moving around, running multiple grooves, um, providing opportunities, you know, for passes throughout the field, and that's where we're that's where we're going with Texas compared to where we were four years ago at Texas. It's a it's a it's a good difference. It's a good change. It's just going to continue that way. What's probably slowing that down a little bit is the pj1 the old pj1 that's still sort of stuck to the racetrack and as they continue to get wear that away and it becomes less of an issue the track's really going to be awesome so i think now marcus smith and his team are putting on putting the pause button on any changes to the racetrack 
which I think is probably a smart thing to do. This is a big risk financially. Um, and I know there's probably been some simulations built and done by iRacing and, you know, to try to help Marcus see opportunities and what, what could be, what they could do. I think that they're probably going to uh, sit for a while and let this track sort of continue to to evolve. I think that's the right thing to do. A lot of people will point to the fact that there was really no passes for the lead during the race. It it just so happens that the five car was three tenths faster in the field anytime he wanted to be. So I don't, you know, no no matter where we were racing, he was so good that no one was going to pass him unless something happened. Um, and that's that that you know that that wasn't that was that was not a Texas problem. That was just a damn fast number five, right? And so I, I just I think that if we can. Like you say, change. That, that was my point to writing that note to myself, really, and sharing it with my colleagues. I think we go into Texas dreading the worst, and even when we get something decent, we're we're not fulfilled. Hmm. And I try to tell myself, "Look, man, it's actually going to be a pretty good show," and it and it measured up to my 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 expectations. Hopefully, you know, I, I don't. This is an important market. It's an important racetrack. It needs to be successful. And I'm not trying. I don't. I don't have. I don't have any feeling inside of me that that makes me think I'm. I'm blowing this out of proportion. Pumping sunshine. So. Well, do you allow yourself? May the answer may be no. But do you allow yourself to think about how you would have viewed that race had you been at home and not broadcasting? Because when you're broadcasting, you're. It's, it's just a, such a completely different yeah. vantage point. <clears throat> Well, I think I think uh, I don't know what it. Well, I have no clue what it was like for a viewer. It's hard for me to imagine what that would be like. But I will say, uh, as a, I, I, you know, as a, in my position up there, I got, I've got a bunch of uh, monitors in front of me giving me lap times and give me so much data, right, and information. So it helps me. Po- it points my eyes to where the battles are, where the races are, where races are developing, where. You can't really do do that at home without investing a ton of focus, right? And when you're at home, you're like, you know, I just want to watch. I don't really want to work. Um, and so that's right. Yeah. And so, like when you know, you watch when you sit down and watch a football game, right? You get up, go walk out the garage, put something away, come back. You know, a couple of plays have went by. You sort of catch back up to speed and see what's going on. And then you're gonna go into the kitchen and grab you something to eat and mess around. And your wife asks you to go upstairs and put one of the kids to bed. You know, you're just kind of plugging in and out. So maybe if you watched it that way, or if that's the way I would have watched that race, I, I don't know what my feelings would have been. Right. I want to ask you another question since we're on the topic of uh, updates, upgra- updates or upgrades to the track facility. For the first time, it seems like some of the conversation and narrative coming out of Texas was not just about the track, but also there's been a couple people talking about the facilities themselves feels a little dilapidated. That's probably too harsh of a word, but needs – renovations itself i feel like this you know up in the suites uh they look fine to me uh you know they don't look you know it ain't like ceiling tiles are sagging and they're stained or you know um it don't look the bathrooms are clean at least in the you know we were using a suite the booth the second booth where me and jeff were was a suite full-on suite in between other suite full of people seem fine right seem fine okay 
No, that's all you need to say on that. Then now, look. Now, I mean, you know, when I when I pulled out of, look, I mean, it's Texas. It's it's dry and it's not it's not going to be green and and you know there's not going to be like you know trees everywhere and it's just so sort of beautiful oasis yeah it's not gonna be like that but (laughs) you know so when you pull out of the track i went to the dirt track the night before to watch white race and you know you pull out and it's just you know it's just it's like a it looks like storage for camping you know it it looks like (laughs) camper storage you know just campers everywhere and there's nothing else all right there we go but uh you know i don't know i mean i heard I, i saw somebody talking about bristol like they they go to bristol and they sort of had this been there done that feeling they don't feel like they're getting anything new each time they go back for that experience at that certain track right and i'm like wow really bristol to me is hustling and bustling there's so much there's when i when we drive around from the bus lot to the other side of the racetrack to go to the tv compound there's there's all kinds of vendors and just stuff right mm-hmm. things to check out do buy whatever right um souvenir rigs everywhere and food vendors and um and so i don't know what what's missing okay I, you know there's there's concerts there's entertainment um i'd have a, i don't know what's missing for the fan okay so go, going back to the race the, the one thing that texas delivered one was the playoff Drivers, the playoff race here uh, in this particular round. I mean, there's all kinds of moving and shaking going on. It delivered strategy with Bubba Wallace doing exactly what I think that that NASCAR would want when you create this uh, stage point system where it's there's a decision to make. Either you're going for the race win or you're going to go for stage points. And he had that decision, and uh, he went for the win uh, because he had the car to do it. There was a fantastic debate on door bumper clear this week. Um, I think we were actually we're going to do that for flying lap, but man, TJ and Freddie went at it a little bit just about whether or not that was the right call for Bubba. So like Texas gave us all those moments. Martin Truex has another, you know, complete, you know, dumpster fire of a race, and he continues this backward spiral, which is unbelievable. That's our regular season champion. Yeah. So when you think about all those things, it's a pretty gnarly wrecks. Yeah, Texas, you know, it looked hard to drive, frankly. And Kyle Larson, when he busts his butt out there yeah. with that dominant car, yeah, it looks hard to drive. What do you ask for a racetrack, in other words, to challenge the drivers? So Texas delivered those things. we got to be honest, yeah. right? I, I agree. I mean, Texas had all kinds of storylines, and definitely at the end of the race we had we had a bunch of traumatic things happening that were pretty, uh, pretty compelling. Kyle Larson dominating the day and then having issues late. The Bubba Wallace, you know, in his situation is sort of a bit of an underdog in terms of how how many, you know, his lack of stage points, his lack of playoff points, and his strategy throughout the race and whether that was going to pay off or not, uh, whether they were doing the right thing or not to try to maximize their day and, and win the race even. He set himself up to have an opportunity to win the race late, and he's about to go launch himself into the next round with a win, right? And William Byron, who does this often, uh, you know, just churns out a good day, and then he's sitting there late with an opportunity to win the race and pulls it off, right? Just does it. Yeah, yeah, just pulls it off. Here he comes out of nowhere. Just when you weren't sure whether William Byron was still a championship contender, I'll say this as a, as a fan. I am not entertained by this – uh, I'm not entertained by this sport unless I really invest in the the storylines 
And I used to struggle with that. I used to not really want to deal with the storylines or care about them, right? I just want to see awesome race. I want to see a damn race and get up and go, heck yeah, I want to go next week. Or I can't wait to come back here next year. It was very singular. But now it's like, you know, I, I'm the Ford, the story of all, there's all these stories that are compelling to me that it used to not really get into, used to not think much about. But like Ford's struggles this year, they just weren't able to run with the other manufacturers. And then RFK, you know, starts becoming the best Ford. And they continue to be the best Ford team. And Penske is just kind of struggling. They were just not great at Texas. And it's like sooner or later you're like, Penske's going to get it together, right? They are, right? When's this going to happen? We're kind of getting down to the end here. And that's just one of the storylines. Yeah. Truex will dominate for like a string of three or four races or just seem to be the best team overall. And then he'll he struggled all through the first round. He really kind of struggled at Texas. He wasn't ever really one of the best cars at all. And it's like, what's happened to him? We are, are they gonna they're gonna flip the switch again and come back to the top? Right. Because I, I really thought they were the best team and then we go through round one, and Denny's car was just lightning fast in all the races in round one, and he was probably going to be that way again at Texas without the damage. So now you're like, okay, well, is Denny's the best? Maybe Denny's the best, right? When What's going to happen to him? He's probably peaking too soon. It's There's so much turnover. Yeah. You guys brought it up. Steve Latarta had a great line about it, and that was – the Legacy Motor Club, all of a sudden, the day that they lose the manufacturing support because they're switching manufacturers, yeah. all of a sudden they're competitive or yeah. they ru- they're running significantly better with a guy that didn't start off the year being their driver. Well, they run their, they've been running their best with Eric. I know but, you're talking about Josevar. Josevar's done a good job, but you can see him still like making the typical mistakes that a guy that's running his third or fourth race in a cup car is going to make. Right. He's still showing the flashes that – potential that that's gonna it's gonna be there one day but how does that even happen right right those guys they sucked they They were so bad and you're thinking yeah this year's a wash for them they're never they're not gonna make nothing out of this they're gonna get to the end of the year tear off all the chevrolet bodies and regroup if the five wasn't the best car then the 43 was yeah um it's it's a it's surprising and again like just as easy as they went from a his legacy motor club went from a 30th place car to a top five car like like overnight they did that that could happen for anybody it could happen for penske it could happen for anybody um that's what's crazy about this and all you've got to do is be that good at one race at phoenix for it you know for the championship Mm -hmm. i don't even if denny is fast 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 all through the playoffs he might show up at, dang, at Phoenix and only be the third best car. Right. Which would be great any other day. Right. But it ain't going to be good enough that day. Right. That's what's, that's what is, un, for lack of a better word, unfortunate. What's up, download listeners? It is the biggest time of the year right now for college basketball. And I will tell you, regardless of who makes it to the final game in the tourney, one thing is for certain. It takes the most talented people working together to help these teams play at the next level. And if you are hiring, you want the most talented people on your team to help your business go to the next level. And how do you do that? 
Zip Recruiter. That's right, man. We just went through a big hiring process ourselves, mm-hmm. and it was helpful to have Zip Recruiter's powerful technology, which starts showing you qualified people for it immediately after you post your job. Yeah, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Pick Zip Recruiter to help you build a winning team. See why four out of five employers who post on Zip Recruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try Zip Recruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. The connection between you and your therapist matters. That's why Alma focuses on helping you find the right someone to talk to, not just anyone. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search by what you want to focus on, like anxiety, relationships, or big life transitions. You can also specify preferences around gender, race, faith, and more to help you find someone who's more likely to understand where you're coming from. Alma also makes it easy for therapists to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of providers in their directory accept insurance for sessions, so you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash not just anyone to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash not just anyone. So Denny's been this to me. Now, y'all can disagree, agree. It doesn't really matter. Nobody's right or wrong. Denny to me has been different this year in this sort of, he's got this sort of confidence like it's our year. Ain't nobody stopping me. Ain't nobody stopping us. We got this. It's different. Like in years past, he was like more of if it's meant to be, it's meant to be kind of guy. And well, yep, there there it went. I knew that was going to happen. That we lost another one. But this year, he's different. He's like, you know, trash talk and and the confidence is 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 there that maybe wasn't so much there in the past when he's had these decent opportunities to win a championship. When I heard that clip. And I heard him dogging the current system. It made me feel like that there was. It, it sounded like it's like Danny. No, don't do that, man. You're you're already like you're winning the middle battle. This right. is a this is a step in the wrong direction. Don't be thinking about that. That's what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, right. If he's like, yeah, I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to see. You know, why are you showing me this Winston Cup points? That don't matter. And this, the current system is Mickey Mouse system, anyways. It's like he's kind of like for you know, it's like the fox and the grapes, like he can't reach the grapes. Okay. He's like, I don't want them anyways. What's that story? The that old. I've never heard. <laughs> of never it. heard of fox and the grapes. Yeah, or maybe it ain't the fox, but whatever it is, is like he comes up, he's like sees these grapes hanging from his trees, like dang, I want them. They're awesome, and he can't reach them, and he decides, you know, they probably were not very good anyways. <laughs> okay. And so that's kind of what I hear from Denny going, man. Yeah, this uh, system sucks, you know. And so I'm like, wait a minute, man, don't do that. Well, he was probably just reacting to something that was put in front of him, right? right. I mean, like maybe. And then I think he's definitely got confidence, and I don't know that the point system. By the way, I mean, you know who else looked well, the, at the old Winston Cup points? I mean, I'm you, just you would have been a champion in that case. I don't think so. I think so. Mm-mm. Not from the old Winston Cup point system. Um, I think it was like uh, – not to get confused, but it, I think one year they changed the system, and if they had left it alone, we would have won. That's what I mean. But it wasn't old Winston Cup system. It was uh, there was one of the playoff systems. It was two thousand four. It was two thousand four. Nope. Two thousand four. We had the old system. 
or it was we didn't we weren't going to win the championship that year. I think you were. Oh. I, I maybe I remember it wrong, but this yeah. is the year we had six wins and you were leading, but then you got the penalty because you cussed yeah. and all that stuff. I think I that, think it was 2014 or something. They changed the system. If they left it alone, we'd have won. Oh, I see what we you're saying. We, we had we had the I'm sorry we had the uh, the chase. Yeah, but not the current system. Yeah, yeah, that's what you're saying. Got it. Back to my point. So like, um, I don't. I, I'm like worried that Denny's already trying to like find his mental outs mm. to, right to 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 like yep well it's just I don't, you, know, you so could, because when when you put that when that video posted the comments to the video were yeah i don't know it's, it's hard to say if these championships these days are that legitimate to the old system you know it gets that conversation going and it's like don't let that come into your mind you know you got the middle game going so good right now Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Probably. Um, probably. Because, I, again, I don't know what the context behind that. It sounds to me like he was saying, don't put that in front of me. And if that's the case. No, I think we should watch the clip. All right. Because you sent me the Winston Cup points that doesn't matter for Like, that's right. about that? All it says it, is that basically over the course of the year so far, it's literally a conversation that's had at this time every year. Not like a serious conversation. Well, you know why? But because you always point they it out. Know it's a that perennial it's, conversation. It's a perennial conversation. They know it's Mickey Mouse. This system is Mickey Mouse. That's why. That's why we have this conversation every single year. I feel like that's Denny actually taking the approach of keep it out. I don't need this in my head. I'm on a roll. I right? agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and to be honest with you, I don't know that I even agree with this being a perennial debate or argument. I don't – if it is – Maybe it's much like the milestone people that put out those tidbits um, that is pointless, yeah. really, in the grand scheme of things. Well, they, they, it's just they fun meant, for fodder. Well, they, that's what they said. I mean, that's what his co-host said is like, hey, it's not a serious conversation. Right. Just it's not a serious thing. People things just, people people just love to do it. Right. But I wasn't sure. Denny's comments at the end going, eh, it's a Mickey Mouse system. I was like. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I, I didn't think, know if he's talking about the old system or the new system. And he's got the middle game one going forward. He needs. I was worried that he was thinking he was, you know, taking some jabs at what he's trying to go achieve. Right. I will tell you this about Denny, at least an observation that I've had. And I don't know. I don't know enough about whether it's new. Like you said that this year he now he's got this new thing. It's different. You're saying it's different. I don't know that it's different. I know that we have access to his thoughts a lot more usually every week on Mondays. The thing I will say though is that even before he won the race, the, his first race this year, he they were going through a bit of a, I don't know if it was a slump, but to start the season, they didn't start off hot. And he was very consistent on talking like, we're going to get white hot anytime. We're getting white hot. So he had a confidence even before they started running the way they're running right now. Yeah. And I don't know if that's new. I just know that it was something I, I noticed. And I thought it was good. I think that's the way you got – I've always said this, Dale – you were always at your best when you knew that you were the best driver on the track. You were convinced that you were the best driver on the track. When you started losing that confidence, that's when things started to not go as well. Um, and I think that you drivers have to play this mental psych-yourself-out psych game where it's like, I'm the best one out there. I'm going to do this. I got to yeah. do this. You know, whether or not you really believe it deep down, who knows? But the fact is, is that you got to tell yourself out there to keep a competitive edge. All right, let's listen to some. Yeah, let's listen. From- door bumper clear. 
We thought we had a car capable of winning. We did. And to the to the point of you know we should have just took the ten stage points. Well, look at the guy that I took would have the, easily taken the ten, look at ten the, stage points at that point. That's guaranteed ten yeah, points. Yeah, but look from at there the, on out. Look you're at not the guy that won them. Look at the guy that won the ten stage points. Did you ever see him again after who, the loss? I don't even know who was. Who Ty, was it? Tyler Reddick. He got ten points in that stage. He got twenty two on the day. We got thirty seven points. But he was never in contention all day. He led the fucking race for <laughs> half. Of the, no, no. He who, was, was in the top five. Stayed out. Did you ever see Reddick all day and be like, oh, man, that guy's going to win? He was running in the top five before that. I never looked at him and thought he was going to win. Oh. I looked at your car and thought, okay, that guy's got to win. You never looked at him because he was going to thought he was going to win because he was buried in f- traffic the rest of the day. I'm just saying, it's hard <laughs> to pass up points, man. You're right. But at this situation, was it the right call or the wrong call? Because look at the guy that won the 10 points and look at us. I don't agree with TJ on this one. Okay. Um, TJ made me his idiot of the week because I needed somebody to run a belt up to the booth before the Kansas race. He did that a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. And which is like, okay, that's the biggest idiot. Right. Of all the idiot of, things out there, of all the idiots, yeah. you're going to make that an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when we, when we do the, when we do the walk and talk action adventure, I don't wear a belt cause we have a belt, you know, we mic and all that stuff. That belt's the belt you wear. And so, um, that's just how you know we do things but so i was like what the, what the hell you know that was you know that you're you're putting in like a minimum freaking yeah. effort here felt lazy very lazy take that's what i told him and then this week <laughs> his idiot of the week is uh landon huffman who ran second right in the 300 all uh race at martinsville lay mall stock race massive finish awesome great exciting run incredible like milestone for the guy that wins and landon they beat and bang, but nobody took anybody out and drove stupid. And that was, again, his idiot of the week. <laughs> so are you saying that you disagree with TJ on Bubba Wallace's strategy just based off of that? Well, I can't <laughs> trust his judgment. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm here for right here. Yeah. This is it. It's hard right. to trust his judgment on stuff now. Right. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I love this. Yeah. So TJ's. Uh, I wonder how long he's in the uh, the the hot take doghouse. Like, how, when can we start to trust TJ's judgment again? It's what, got, what does he have to do to win his way back? Be very correct on something. Like, I mean, you have to. <laughs> he'll have to have a point that will be so obvious and correct <laughs> that everybody will be like excited to rally behind, and that will break. That will bring him back. Well, we may never get there. No. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> we may never get no. there. Landon uh, got after him on Twitter. A little I bit. saw that. Which yeah. Landon's Landon's uh, you know Landon's Landon has that habit mm-hmm. of sort of you know coming overreacting just a bit. Landon, you know his uh, not to get into that, but his he he uh, he runs all his own social media and does this YouTube stuff, and he's grown his YouTube from like I don't know five thousand to twenty thousand or something crazy. He's done some really good work with that and. But he's super into like engaging on social media and calling thing, you know, calling it like it is. And so if TJ goes after him, he better be ready to. He yeah. better be getting his replies ready because it'll yeah. be a full on conversation. It, it's not going to miss Landon, yeah. and he's not going to miss the opportunity. No. I, I, by the way, I appreciated, even though it didn't work out, um, I appreciated that uh, that team, the twenty three team, went after a win. I liked it. I liked it. I liked the twenty-three team going after a win. So I oh, thought, Bubba. That I, Bubba, yeah, I yeah. thought, I thought Freddie was correct in that. But then again, it's it's a fun debate. Yeah. And by the way, speaking of idiots of the week, and also speaking of Martinsville, did you see the fight in the garage? Yes. Good lord. No. A terrible look. 
Wow, was that a fight? It is, it's, a, it's such a terrible look. I mean, I, I everybody can understand the frustration and passion and anger. And a guy, you know, if you you think a guy literally just took you out of the race, turned right, hooked you, whatever happens on the racetrack, it was whatever happens on the racetrack, as bad as it was, or no matter how bad that was, that going on in the garage and getting filmed and getting glam you know getting glamorized and posted on social media by um you know people that could have made i don't know it just frustrates me a little bit that we had this incredible moment for late model stock racing an awesome finish right but more people were really wanting to see this you know what happened here why did this happen oh show me that video show me this angle who who you know that was taking that took away from one of the biggest days for late model stock racing in the year. Yeah, I agree with that. That that's fair. It felt like a Jerry Springer episode, which hundred percent sucks the validity <clears throat> out of the. You know, yeah, that's a huge race, right? Doing everything we can to really raise the profile of that car, mm-hmm. right? Get more people buying that car. Get more people racing that car. Instead of you know eighty five, ninety cars coming to Martinsville, we want one hundred twenty, one hundred fifty cars coming to Martinsville for that race. We want a lot of people that own, you know, owning and racing that car. Um, and, you know, it's uh, – but, you know, look, I, 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 can, I, can, I can understand a little pushing and shoving, a couple of guys going at it, but that was full-on. What, there was over a dozen people? Around cars that were about to race, one of which – They you know, just they, raced, Mike. They had just raced. But I know that they had just raced, but then their fight ended up in the line of, yeah. the, of the next heat. Yes. And one of those cars, they ended up on top of the hood. I busted yeah. it. Yeah. That's just morons, right? Un, uh, yeah. Just un, uncalled for. It can't happen. Right. Yeah. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. What else we got to talk about? Anything about the race or Texas? I don't know. Where do you want to go? Well, I think we should do some Mass Junior. Andrew's here. He's going to help us get, get those going. So let's get started. We've got a lot of people tuning in on the uh, YouTube chat already. And uh, I think my dad's watching too. It's his birthday. All right. Today, Happy so. birthday. Yeah. Uh, this first question actually is a follow up from last week's Ash Junior. 
Uh, someone said you never actually answered whether you cheated at Battleship or not. So did you cheat at the game? <laughs> I probably did. <laughs> yeah. I probably did. I mean, probably. Yeah, I yeah. probably did. I mean, I would. Uh, I would say. Um, you know, I took advantage of any opportunity. Anytime I'm playing, for, you know, in a competitive manner, if there's a window of opportunity to, uh, you know, bend the rules a little bit, it's happening. There you go. Yeah. Pl- plus, this was probably at about five or six o'clock in the morning, and that's when Dale's in his prime. <clears throat> certainly back then. Yeah. Whereas yeah. <laughs> I'm hanging on. I'm. 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 I got no gas. I'm just trying right. to get to the finish, and and I'm. He took advantage of my vulnerable you state. You don't remember this. I'm the one that brought it up. Did oh, I not whatever. last week? I brought it up that like Wait, t- you, that game was totally fair. It was fine. Oh, <laughs> no, no, it, was, it was it was a cheat fest, man. You probably won. I mean, it doesn't even. Okay. Anyways, sorry to bring it back up. <laughs> I saw it was one of the YouTube comments. I'm like, all right, I gotta follow up on this. Um, this next question coming from Katie. Uh, she's at she's had some pretty good questions on Twitter the last couple of weeks. What's the story behind the skeleton gloves? Where did that originate? Really. Man, um, I thought I felt like I talked about this. Um, having so many conversations about all these things here lately because we had the gloves program come up, and I can't remember where we had these conversations. But I saw some. I saw a guy. I think it was um, motocross, probably I don't know, fifteen years ago. And I'm sitting there watching it, and uh, one of the riders. So they're up at the gate, right? And you can see all the tires, like everybody's tires side by side, and you see everybody getting their getting their hands and their gloves up on the up on the handlebars and one guy had on these skull gloves and it just really stood out and as a race car driver or i'll just say this watching a nascar race right the the drivers that would always have white gloves you could see their hands moving from the from the you know watching the race from the cameras of the tv or from the grandstands or whatever you know i could always see their hands when they wore a light colored glove and um i thought man I bet those, you know, I bet those would be cool to wear, be different. Everybody was doing helmets, painting helmets, and I just don't care about my helmet. I really don't. And, um, you know, I'll let, if somebody wants to do a design, put a skull on the back or whatever, that's fine. But I'm never going to be the kind of guy that's like, ooh, don't touch this helmet, man. Put it right here. Okay. Because when, when you, you know, you get these things painted up and they're amazing, no doubt. But when it, coming in out of the car it's banging around paint's getting chipped and and i was at a race one time and some some a fan accidentally knocked somebody's helmet off pit wall and the conversation that between the driver and the fan that happened afterwards i was like man i'm never gonna get my hair i'm never gonna feel that way about my helmet and so um because i just was not i was just I'm t- I'm, i don't have time to be like super careful with this this paint scheme on this helmet this thing's getting banged around and getting tossed places and getting hung in the car and thrown over in the passenger seat and all this stuff and i'm not worrying about you know it's cool paint scheme so anyways i saw that guy wearing those gloves at the motocross and i thought i'm gonna start doing that that'll be different that'll be you know nobody's really doing anything with with gloves it's kind of fun i like skulls always had skulls on the back of my helmet and so I was kind of into that, and uh, and so I just started doing it. I just started wearing them, and that was that. I mean, it ended up – now we have – you know, it ended up providing us an opportunity now to do the gloves program. I think we raised almost seventy five grand or something like that for 
this year's gloves program. Had over 60 drivers wearing the skull gloves at Bristol and auctioning all of them off. And um, so it was good. Yeah, I saw from the Driven to Give event, it seemed like it was a, it was a, a big success. Yeah. Uh, this next question is coming from Mason. You know, it's well documented. The household you grew up in, you know, was a, a racing family. Between you and Kelly growing up, who would you say was more competitive? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think um, probably me. Um, you know, Kelly was, I was, me and my buddies were racing everything. We raced matchbox cars, skateboards, bikes. Um, we, we raced it. We raced whatever we could figure out how to race something, you know. And, um, Kelly was, you know, into her friends and, 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 you know, makeup and, and teen magazines and all that stuff, you know, um, she really didn't she kind of got the racing bug really uh late it was um she was sort of going getting out of high school and going to college and um she was going to school in wilmington and uh had no interest or had shared no interest in driving a race car and dad was missing her terribly and to convince to persuade her to transfer from wilmington to to unc charlotte and finish her school there and be closer to home so he could see her, he told her he would get her a race car to race. And that's how her racing career began. And so um, in terms of motorsports and racing, I certainly was more competitive throughout my childhood than Kelly was. But she did play – we both played some sports. Um, but, um, yeah. You know, but we, I think our, hate, our, our, our disdain for losing was the same. Um, and we took it, you know, we took all that. I saw her had some great runs, but I saw her in some vulnerable moments when she didn't do well, and we were very similar. You know, you've talked about hobbies a lot on the show, and a a few people this week uh, were asking, do you play golf, and how good are you at golf? I don't play golf. (laughs) I do have a lot of, I do have a set of clubs, and I've got a simulator at home, and I play on I hit I swing on that every once in a while, not often, but I still get out there and, and swing away on the simulator a little bit. I had a lot of fun with that when we first got it um, years ago. It's it's been in my house for quite a while, but um, I've been tempted though, man. I've been talking to Latart and Rick Allen, those guys, about going with them, but I'm just uh, just trying to find a time. I don't want to go to where it's busy. A lot of people, yeah. man. When I didn't, so if you're not good at it, and you go to a golf course and you're getting ready to tee off on the first green and there's like everybody else is there waiting yeah yeah it's like i don't want to do this man i don't want to do this in front of nobody yeah so when we go it's like you gotta start on the back nine right so you kind of dive in between a couple of foursomes or whatever to so there's not a lot of people around when you get going because if you show up in the morning and go on that first tee and everybody else is there to get their round going and it's just a you're like oh here it goes let's just get it off the ground (laughs) i'm the same way i don't like that i'm terrible and it's hard to watch hard to watch me play golf so yeah i don't want anybody watching me play golf (laughs) have have you gotten to the pickleball craze i will i will probably not do that no yeah (laughs) why not i don't know i'm not i'm not into it yeah yeah all right we'll we'll have to get you on the court i don't know man i think you're gonna like i'm not gonna do that (laughs) no 
Uh, hey, I got a question. Yeah. Dale, did you uh, happen to see a video from this past weekend at the Eric Church concert where Eric Church walks off the stage to hand a fan his guitar pick? No. Guess who the fan was? Andrew Curlin. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I have not asked you about this. How did that happen? Uh, so I've done it a few times where, like, basically I'll hold up a guitar pick and, like, ask to, like, trade it with him. So it happened once in Tampa and then... Uh, same same concert. Different like, concert. Different. Yeah. Who was it? Or no, it was also with Eric Church. Yeah, Eric Church. I mean, Tampa. damn, dude. How many yeah. Eric Church... Let oh, somebody else. You don't want to go down that hole. Uh, let, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, let somebody. You get your pick. That's your 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 pick for life. Like, get, let somebody else get the. This is the second pick I've gotten. What a from what a greedy shows. greedy dude. Eric Church fan. <laughs> if you look, Eric Church, it felt like he saw you and singled you out. Yeah, 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 and that was like the set. Yeah. Like he like, earlier yeah. in the show. I think you've pointed, been plant. You've been planted in these shows. Huh? I think you've been planted in the show as an <laughs> as, actor. As you're an actor. Yeah, yeah, you're like, they're like, hey, man, we just need you to smile, act like you're the biggest fan ever. <laughs> We're going to hand you this pick. I think, yeah. I mean, that'd be awesome, yeah. but yeah, that wasn't yeah. the case. How much did you get paid to be a super fan? How much fan? did you get paid to be a super <laughs> real, fan? Uh, real fan, not paid actor. Like one of those <laughs> <laughs> not sure, man. But sing a song for us. Sing a song? Yep. Please don't. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was gonna. You're really gonna do it. I, I mean, <laughs> if I had to prove my yes, your fandom, Eric Church fandom. All right, I could give you a song. Uh, maybe another time. I don't. I didn't see you as an Eric Church fan. Really? Yeah. I don't uh, know what. what don't huge know. Eric Church. Okay. Fan. Huge Eric Church fan. And by the way, I had a few friends at that concert. I think Michael Waltrip was there. And okay. But you know, Sean Brawley, he was there. With his, was he? Yeah. Uh, all trying to get a guitar pick, but boy, somebody just <laughs> swept in and took it for the second time. Dang Andrew Curlin, just yeah, yeah nobody. Push, I had to push kids out of the way. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I'm glad somebody on social media said the question or asked the question that everybody's thinking. It's like if you're going to be this, you know, have this connection with Eric Church, you do host a show called Next Level, and that would be an obvious choice. Uh, so when can we expect Eric Church on Next Level? I mean, I if you guys this are this This is the formal invite right here. <coughs> this is it? Yeah. I'm sure he'll see it. This is it. He's watching right now. He is. Yeah. He's, he's tuned into the YouTube chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Um, anyways, uh, we got another question. This mm -hmm. is from Randall. I thought this was kind of funny. This kind of ties back to one of the conversations we had earlier this year. Which is better, free beer or free tacos? Someone handed you right now. Came in. Either with free beer or free tacos. Beer. No-brainer. Yeah. It's a no-brainer? I think beer. All right. Yeah. Yeah. A free beer does taste pretty yeah. good. There's been... Me and Mike's been having some conversations about beer here lately. There's been some interest from some beer brands to be become part partners on our show. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. It's a race. Who wants to win Dale's over? I, I don't know how deep we want to get into it, but it's, this, it's pretty interesting that this question's being asked because... <laughs> it is. My man... I don't... I don't know when the last time he paid for a beer <laughs> for a case of beer. I think he's I think he's set for life. Yeah. Do we want to get too deep into that? I'll we'll just say that I'm on that I'm on a deal with Anheuser Busch that um that we we you know we still get a certain allotment of beer, which is not that abnormal. When he said that, like I know Ken Schrader. Yeah, he still gets still is on the deal. Like he for for the. Yeah. Rest of time, Ken Schrader will always get that so case I of Budweiser. I told Mike if we 
get a beer sponsor for the podcast, then they they, they do know what they're going to have to do. <laughs> <laughs> I like a man with his priorities, right? That's just, priorities. Yeah, they're not just going to come on in here and just become a beer sponsor. Right, right. right. <laughs> they, they better be willing to back up that old truck <laughs> to Mooresville. Yeah. Yeah. Every month. <laughs> Every month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's facts. Facts. Yeah. You think you think we're gonna have enough for just a month? I feel like it's gonna have to be more frequent. Well, he didn't that. say it was for you. Yeah, <laughs> there'll be him. plenty. There'll be plenty. If they want to do that kind of a deal, there'll be enough <laughs> for everybody. Oh man, uh, got time for one more quick one. Uh, this is from Vince. What do you uh, when you order pizza? What's the go-to pizza topping that you have? Man, I'm so hungry. Um, <laughs> God, I, bet, I bet you my, some free tacos would be pretty good right here. now. Um, perfect question for that <laughs> yes so all right so uh this is a great um there's a local place in mooresville called pie in the sky if you followed my social over the last couple of years they were in this one building operating since i was in high school and they were moved out because of renovations that were happening to the building the new owner so they had to move they've been in a gas station a really good really good gas station uh, in between Davidson and Mooresville. It's a really cool place. But they've been operating out of there for the past year and a half, two years, maybe more. <clears throat> and so they are just about finished renovating this building that they're moving back into, which is back in downtown Mooresville. And um, they're just literally right on the verge of being able to open the doors and start start making pie. And I cannot wait. And it is the best. I really think, in my opinion, if you're in Mooresville, pie in the sky uh, is great pizza. And so when I go there, um, I like to get a little extra sauce. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's twice as much or just a little more. But uh, just tell them just to make sure. I like a little extra sauce on mine because the sauce is like a family recipe that they've had. Mm -hmm. That's really kind of what they're known for when you read the articles about the store. And so... I get a little extra sauce on my pizza when I can. Pepperoni and banana peppers. Banana peppers is a great call. It's so good. I just started adding banana yeah, peppers. I love and that. It's the move. I agree. I don't like sausage or or any other meat on my on the pizza. I just like you know pepperoni and uh, banana peppers for sure. It's probably would be my exact order. Yeah. Good That's stuff. It. Yeah. All right. That was fun today on Ask Junior. Yeah, I enjoyed it, man. Um, <coughs> if you're ever in town, check out Pie in the Sky. They're they're should be in their in their new location really soon. But hopefully, maybe by the time people are here for the Roval, if you're in town, you can go get you some pizza. It's really freaking good. So they'll be glad that you come by. All right, it's time for White Flag. We're gonna wrap this show up today, Tuesday, September 26th. Um, here we go. Junior Motorsports has announced that. Sammy Smith will be joining the lineup for next year. Uh, Sammy's a great young man, and um, we're excited for him to come be a part of our program. He'll be driving the number eight car next year. Obviously, um, he brings along his partner's pilot, Flying J, and um, they've had some experience working with us in the past, obviously, so we're excited to continue that partnership. Um, and with Sammy driving the car, he's a young guy. And I've seen some good opportunity where he he has uh, shown his potential uh, this year. 
So we'll continue to help him develop as a driver, and we'll get started on that next year. Looking forward to it. The Dale Jr. Foundation, um, as I mentioned earlier in the show, thanks to all the 63 Cup and Xfinity drivers who wore and supported the Dale Jr. Foundation Driven to Give Glove program. Uh, they supported the auction as well on, th- on their social media handles, and the program raised over $76,000 for Nationwide Children's Hospital. That's the most that this program has raised in its history. I think we've done this for 10 or so years. But thank you to all those drivers. I know it's not as uh, it's not always convenient wearing new gloves. You love to break those things in and get those comfortable, and especially at a place like Bristol. So appreciate everybody doing that for us, and, and hopefully we'll get that program going again next year. Listen to uh, Door Bumper Clear and Actions Detrimental. This out now for this week. A new episode of Speed Street was going to drop tomorrow. And uh, our conversation with Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet, live from Lernerville, will be out tomorrow as well. So a lot happening this week with Dirty Mo Media. Make sure to get your tickets for our live show. That'll be at Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino. It's Friday, October the 13th. You want to go to dirtymomedia.com slash live, or you can go to Ticketmaster to get your tickets. We'd love to see you come out there and check out the live show. It's kind of going to be a... Uh, Dirty Mo Media Showcase. Door Bumper Clear guys will be with us as well. Should be a lot of laughs, a little bit of arguing. That's it. We're going to hope you guys have a great Tuesday, and we'll see you here tomorrow. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.